Wow, that's kind of cool. Who knew? Well, there's no point saying that because you weren't recording. No, I know. So this isn't can't... the start of the show. I just, oh. <laughs> I just had no idea. Oh, we should start the show right there. People always mm-hmm. wonder what amazing thing I just figured out. No. No. How's your new computer? Are you happy? I listened to the Quite Accidental happy. Technology podcast. Yes. Uh, I would like to make my official petition right here, right now, that you mm-hmm. change the artwork to the wheel. Mm-hmm. I just want to make that official, per, like to to everybody in the world. Uh, I think that it should be done, changed to the wheel artwork that you had for last week's episode. Yeah. So we actually spoke about that last night, and uh, that is a product in our lineup. And I will leave it at that. Okay, you're, you're you're discussing some options. I'm fine with that. I just think it's time to change the artwork. I love the ATP artwork, but it now doesn't make any sense, right? Well, because yeah, that but... Mac Pro is gone. No, but like you should change it because it's not. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you why. The show is not about that. Like, does not have that Mac Pro as a focus. It's all Mac Pros, right? Like, sure. The idea of a Macintosh professional is like. <laughs> a part of the lineage of the show, which is why it was previously a different artwork. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, it was the uh, the cheese grater from the side. You had right? the old Mac Pro with the new slapped on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it got changed. Mm-hmm. So you've changed it once when the Mac Pro changed. You should stick with tradition, change it again. Yeah. It's time for a rebrand. <laughs> I will, I will uh, let the boys know that that is your vote. Uh, we did discuss this uh, just last night. We recorded early this week, uh, and... We have thrown around a few ideas, and I will simply say that that the wheel-based iconography remains a product in our lineup. Okay. But yes, I do have an iMac Pro. I'm speaking to you via the iMac Pro now. It is quite good. I I briefly said on ATP last night that earlier yesterday evening before I recorded, I was transcoding a feature film. um, That you shot. That that I shot mm -hmm, and edited myself. And uh, during that process, uh, I, you know, was looking at the, the processor and how badly it was being abused. And I was waiting to hear the fans spin up and they never did, or they probably did. I just couldn't hear them because the fans on this thing are silent. Now I am not one to typically be bothered by fan noise. Like it's not my favorite. I don't seek out fan noise, but, uh, I'm not one to be bothered by it. Like my two beloved co-hosts on that other show. And I was stupefied that this thing was screaming through this transcode, all 10 cores, whipping as hard as they could, and I could not hear the fans at all. I was very impressed. So. Because you have an iMac professional. I have an iMacintosh professional, indeed. iMacintosh professional. Yeah, well, I, I am a Macintosh professional. Uh, so, yeah, mm-hmm. so we should move on, and I should apologize to the entire internet, all of whom were very kind, but all of whom told me that the good place is not over. Now, I didn't get into it. Did you it. say that? I have I no did. memory of you saying even Oh, saying. I absolutely did. I absolutely did. And the reason is, in summary, I'm an idiot, but the reason is... Is it dead to you? No, like, no, 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 no. Fair, fair question. Uh, I had looked at Wikipedia, which we all know is never wrong. And I looked at the entry, the list of good place episodes, and I'd scrolled down to season four, And it said number overall, 40, number in season one, and blah, 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 all the way up through number overall, 48, number in season nine. And then the chart stops. There are no more entries subsequent to that. And so I said to myself, well, self, that must mean that this was the last episode ever. However, if you click into the full article entitled The Good Place, parenthesis, season four, parenthesis, you will see that the fourth and final season of the fantasy comedy television series, The Good Place, blah, 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 uh, will consist of 14 episodes. 
Well, shoot. So there are five episodes remaining. I genuinely had no idea. And perhaps mm. that's why I thought that the ending was okay. Because it wasn't actually the ending. Was it like all. a mid-season break? I guess so, yeah. Because uh, I think they're not coming back for like another couple months or something like that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I felt quite stupid after the entire internet. Oh. Gently, they were very gentle. They they were not trying to be mean. But the entire internet told me that uh, the good place isn't over. And I apologize for the uh, accident there. You like apologizing to your family, your friends. Mm-hmm. This is a time when you just need to, you know... have some peace and uh, respect (laughs) you want people to respect your privacy during this difficult troubling time (laughs) i was wrong on the internet yeah i was wrong on the internet now you know normally when i'm wrong on the internet the internet comes to pounce on me and they are not kind but in this case i was wrong on the internet because our fans are the best fans they were very kind about it and in, in fact almost enthusiastic to be like no 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 there's more get excited there's more and now i am excited to be honest so i think it's like a, some of the ways in which you are wrong you are wrong aggressively so like you mm-hmm. know you, mm-hmm. you've taken a stance which is a strong one but is the sure. wrong one uh and then the, everybody will respond to you in kind with their own strong wrong <laughs> sure. uh, opinions <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, And speaking of strong and wrong opinions, I have some follow up about dressing. So, if you recall, we were talking about uh, what I call this week. I know you're proud of the ones where you prepare. (laughs) Actually, this is the end of my preparation right here. (laughs) So, don't get used to it. (laughs) Buckle up from here on out. Uh, So, dressing uh, is. I had said to you, uh, I think also erroneously, that. I thought Canadians called what I call stuffing dressing. So stuffing is like, you know, bread and vegetables. And oftentimes it's put inside the turkey when it's cooked, um, but not always. And oftentimes, you know, when I cook stuffing, it'll just be in a pot or, you know, whatever off to the side. And we had talked about stovetop stuffing, which is a popular brand here in the States. And I, we were very confused about dressing. and didn't really get a good ruling on it. And I still don't have a very clear ruling, but apparently the pedantically correct answer is that stuffing is this this you know conglomeration this material when it's actually cooked inside the bird whereas dressing is when you do the same exact stuff outside the bird so i guess strictly speaking i like dressing and not stuffing although you will never ever hear me call it dressing you will always 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 hear me call it stuffing so there's a little bit here uh, i have a link that we'll put in the show notes uh, to foodandwine.com And I wanted to read this quick excerpt. According to most dictionaries, stuffing is defined as, quote, a mixture used to stuff another food, traditionally poultry, before cooking, quote, whereas dressing is cooked in a pan outside of the turkey cavity. Like I said above, Mm -hmm. the two common terms are used interchangeably depending on where you live, but if you want to get into the nitty-gritty of factual accuracy to prove your ways the right way to your second cousins, (laughs) the important thing to remember is that stuffing is stuffed inside of an animal before cooking, which makes sense, and dressing is simply stuffed into your mouth from a separate dish. That's a, that's a good way of putting it, like mm-hmm. stuffing into the mouth. Yeah. It, that is, I, I would never call stuffing dressing, even if it is made outside of the bird, which Same. most of the time for me it is. But Same. I get that there could be different words for it because it technically isn't stuffed in anything. Correct. Except you. Yeah, exactly right. So I think we are. Uh, I think we're all on the same page. We we are acknowledging our pedantic and factual inaccuracy while we continue to call stuffing stuffing. So if you were responsible for the popular follow up today. Mm-hmm. Because you're saying, you know, everyone's great and you've corrected all of your things. I will now be <laughs> responsible for the unpopular part. Maybe like uh, it's not really follow up. It's more just like scheduling. Mm-hmm. So now, you're, you're bad cop to my good cop. I'm bad cop. Yeah. Now, listener, imagine if I said to you right now that this episode of Analog was the very last episode. And there was no mid-season break like it legitimately is. 
that is that was it, right? That like this is not only the last episode of the year, but it's also the last episode ever. Imagine that you'd be like, oh, that really sucks. So now it won't be so bad when I tell you that <laughs> it's not the last episode <laughs> ever. Is the last episode of the year and is also the last fortnightly episode of Analog. We are going to be going monthly in 2020. Uh, I've spoken, you may have picked this up on this show, I've spoken a lot recently over the last few months of needing to make some refinements to my time. Uh, I cannot let Analog go, but I do need to reduce uh, my time commitments in some areas to allow me to pursue some other things. Um, And this show is one of those shows that like, I don't ever want to let go. Um, but it also like going fortnightly, the show will be will receive benefit from monthly because we'll have more opportunities to talk about things because there's more time in between each episode. So is the last episode of the year, not the last episode ever, but we will be a monthly show from 2020. Indeed, which I am sad about. I think you're sad about, but ultimately I think it's for the best. And uh, truth be told, whenever I sit down to record this or really when I look at the show notes like 10 minutes before we sit down to record this in the caseless way in the caseless way I always wonder what it is we're going to talk about today because Mm -hmm. so often I don't really have anything pressing on the top of mind that I feel like I need to talk about now that's not to say that it's like a chore or anything like that it's just it's but we don't want to start filling episodes Uh, right so we're gonna make sure that we're keeping the quality up by uh giving us more time to have things happen in our lives that we can talk about. Exactly. That's right. the thing. It's not about coming up with topics because this show doesn't really work like that anymore. We typically just talk about stuff that's happening to us. Um, and we need, you know, it is a more helpful to have more time, but that isn't the reason that's just like a, a secondary benefit. The reason is that, that I need, need to have more time back. Casey was convinced I was going to end the show when I started the conversation with him. Um, and but that wasn't the case. That is true. By the way, I really did think that he was meandering towards saying, "Okay, we're done." Yeah. Well, because I that was definitely how it sounded when I started the conversation, <laughs> in a kind of in a similar way to what I did to our <laughs> listeners, right? Where it's like, you know, I, I like that you think it's about to go away, but it's actually not going to go away. Um, we're just gonna, you know, it's like a good news, bad news type deal. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Uh, Why don't we talk about something that is indisputably awesome? Yeah, if that was the bad news, let me talk about some good news. Have you heard the good news of Text Expander from our friends over (laughs) at Smile? With Text Expander, you can unlock your productivity. Don't reinvent common email messages, replies every single time you send them. You don't need to do that. Store them in Text Expander instead. Text Expander works everywhere you type Slack, Trello, Google Doc, web browsers, your email app, anything. And and any place that you use to frequently type anything, you can, as long as you have a keyboard in front of you, you can activate your Text Expander snippets. And Text Expander for Teams is even more amazing because it will allow you to easily manage and share snippets for your entire organization. Take this great effect here at Relay FM. We have a, a lots of email communication that we send, and lots of it actually just can be completed with some drop downs and some fill in fields like there isn't a lot of new information that needs to go into these emails just some quick identifiers and you can set all of that up in text expander like you can have a whole set of paragraphs with just a couple of words that are drop downs and you can choose which one you want to select simple amazing text expander is available for mac os windows chrome iphone and ipad and analog listeners get 20 percent of their first year just by going to textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about 
text expander. That is textexpander.com slash podcast. If you've been meaning to try it out, go now, textexpander.com slash podcast. And thanks to Text Expander for their support of this show and Relay FM. Recommendation. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need a jingle, like with a horn or something, you know? We could use the lasers. Nobody does lasers in podcasts anymore. That's true. That's true. <laughs> do you want to give me a laser or two? No, I do not. I am, uh, okay. I am not that bold. Intellectual property theft. Because <laughs> that's ever stopped anyone in our little podcast e- ecosystem. That's true. I've uh, already used like 17 references to other shows in this <laughs> one episode today. But it's uh, recommendations time. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, I have a bunch of TV shows that I want to recommend. Yes, please. It's a good time for TV right now, Casey mm-hmm, Liss. Mm-hmm. The first is The Crown, which is a Netflix TV show about the kind of history of the royal family. Um, mostly true. Some fictionalized based on potential true events, if that makes sense. Right? So there's like some stuff that they couldn't, you can't actually know, but is based on rumor. Um, mm-hmm, so it's just mm-hmm. worth remembering that. Uh, season three just came out. Um, where in season three, they've changed over a lot of the uh, actors and actresses uh, in this show. Is it? Do you say actresses anymore? I feel like you just you know, say actors, right? I, I am glad you said this because I have genuinely wondered that myself. Just in the last 48 hours, somebody had said something about an actor referring to a woman. And at first I thought, what? oh, right. Yeah, we should probably be doing that. I think you would just say actors. Yeah, but no, it I think isn't you're right. Like one of those terms where a new term was created, right? Like we don't have air steward and air stewardess. We have flight attendant, right? Like that's mm-hmm. how we do it now, right? Mm-hmm. Or like firefighter instead of fireman and firewoman. Right. But there right, wasn't right. like a new, I don't think a new word has been created for actor. I think everybody is just an actor. So this is you, this is Casey and Mike trying to make themselves better. This is a new <laughs> segment that's part of the show. Starting so today. I'm going to go with actors. So there was, uh, the first season had Claire Foy as the Queen, Matt Smith as Prince Philip, Vanessa Kirby as Prince Margaret, that Princess Margaret, they're like the big three. Um, and I absolutely adored Matt Smith as Prince Philip and was just and I was concerned that in the changeover of the cast, uh it would it would bring it down. But what they did gain was act like the one of the most incredible actors that I have ever come across, which is Olivia Coleman. Uh, she is fantastic in everything. She is now an Oscar-winning actress. She won an Oscar in the last couple of years. She is now the queen. It's fantastic. Tobias Menzies is Prince Philip, and Helena Bonham Carter is Princess Margaret. And the new cast is just as good as the old cast, if not better, uh, which is fantastic. Um, so yeah, the show is brilliant. Uh, it follows a long period of time to Queen Elizabeth's life. Uh, series 3 gets up to... Uh, Prince Charles becoming uh, the Prince of Wales. It's kind of where they are in the timeline. Uh, they actually just had this uh, great episode about um, uh, the moon landing. It's kind of where they are oh. in history right now. It's so friggin' good. Uh, we watched the entire thing. Uh, we've seen one and two ages ago, and we watched seasons one and two again to start watching season three. Um, oh, it's just so friggin' good. It's not just about the royal family. It's actually about the royal family and the government. It's both, really. It focuses on the crown, right, the queen, but also, also like a bunch of the people in the first season. Just so everyone's just so good. But uh, the the it also focuses on the government. So like whoever the prime minister is at that time. I'm like I'm sure they're going to keep doing this, and I'm like fascinated to see how they're going to deal with stuff like Princess Diana. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah I'm like super super 
uh, excited about it. Uh, oh, I've just seen on Wikipedia, the fourth will include Margaret Thatcher and Lady Diana Spencer. Oh my God, I cannot wait for the fourth <laughs> season. That's going to be so, so good. Um, so yeah, it's a fantastic TV show. Thoroughly recommended. Uh, I will then recommend... Well, hold on, before you move on, a genuine question. As someone who likes British things, but does not have any particular affinity for the crown, like I'm not anti, you know, the queen or anything like that. It's just, it doesn't mean anything to me. Do you think as a dumb, ignorant American that this would be a, a show I would enjoy as well? Yes, I think you might enjoy it more because oh, there okay. are parts of it that I love, but there are parts of it that frustrate me um, because I am very pro-royal family. Uh, oh, I don't know so, if I knew that, actually. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I okay. love the royal family. We spoke about it on this show and I followed all the Instagram accounts. Uh, right, 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 right. Yeah. I'd completely I'm a forgotten. big royal family fan. Um, Watchmen. Oh, Watchmen. Uh, yes, the internet has been telling me to watch that TV show, and I actually spoke about this last night on ATP as well. Uh, I just read the graphic novel over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, now you've got to start with the TV show. Well, so I'm in the middle of the movie. I'm doing the movie in Merlin-style fits and spurts, uh, because it's three and a half hours long, the particular version I have. Just Um, watch the TV show, though. Well, and so everyone seems to tell me that the movie is unnecessary. I just felt, and I knew that before I started watching it, I felt like, since it exists, why not watch it? It's three and a half half hours of my life now granted it's taken me four days already and i'm only like halfway through but it's only three and a half hours of my life why not try and the movie is okay it's not nearly as bad as everyone painted it to be in my opinion but it's not great either it's a disappointment if you've loved the the story for a long time the movie is good but it's just it's like scott pilgrim you can't Mm. do justice to Mm -hmm, the book mm -hmm. you just can't do it um, they needed more than they even had at the three and a half hours. And probably what you're watching is the extended cut anyway, not the original theatrical release. I think you're right. But so, that is amazing. It, you know, there was even less in the theatrical release. But the TV show is friggin' incredible. Um, Adina had not read the book, had not seen the movie. She watched it and enjoyed it. Uh, there were things that I would explain to help, but I think you can watch the TV show, the HBO TV show Watchmen, without knowing anything. Um, because it's one of those shows, it's written by Damon Lindelof, it's created by Damon Lindelof, um, where there's just a bunch of things happening. You don't know what they happen, but they all start to connect, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like the idea of it. It is my absolute favorite TV show of the year. Blew my mind. Like, loved it. There's only nine episodes. They're all fantastic. Um, the music is so good. The acting performances is so good. The world they've created is amazing. I love The Watchmen. Excellent. Or just Watchmen. And then finally, for all mankind. Ooh, cosine. Have you been up? To, you up to date? No, I think I'm one or two behind, but oh it is God, very Casey good. Liss. I'm oh sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm not complaining at you. I'm, I'm, I'm extolling the virtues of the show in my <laughs> exclamation. Fair enough. All I'll say on it is, so we're getting ready for the last episode. Um, I think by the yeah by the time this episode comes out, the final episode of For All Mankind, I believe, will have will have gone live. It has taken some really interesting turns and has gotten quite dark, and I was not expecting that. And I am fascinated to see how they wrap this season up. But it is, I think, Apple's crown jewel. I think for all mankind, is their best show. I like the morning show a lot as well. But are you caught up in the morning show? Yeah. Okay. Because uh, no spoilers. This last episode, I'm almost sure it was the very last episode, got very House of Cardsy on me. And I am here for it. Uh, it, it. It was a lot of political intrigue and drama and things, and I loved it. So I don't know if you, you had the same reaction or not. 
All right. Slight spoilers. Skip ahead a minute. What part are you talking about? So like, okay, so it's definite spoilers. Uh, we will use chapter marks appropriately. So in this most recent episode, when it's discovered that uh, Chip was trying to like get the big boss out of the way, oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then, and then uh, Fred is it, I think. And then, um, yep. and, and then, then Je- Jennifer Aniston and Fred are like working together. Yep. And uh, Alex, right? Her name, her name yes, is in the yes, show. Yes. And, then, and then it turns out Chip. that Chip finds out yep, that yep, yep, yep. she's going to meet the other producer. Yeah, I, I like that. The episode before, was like fascinating and really uncomfortable. Oh yeah, super. I, mean, right? I think it was. I don't know if necessary is the word I'm looking for. Like, uh, as someone who has been lucky enough to be nowhere near that world, <laughs> it was it was eye opening for sure. Um, yes, and and I think it was necessary for me to some degree to understand and appreciate better um, that whole predicament. I feel like they did a really good job showing some of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Right, like how easily that stuff seems to have been going on in the past, mm-hmm. like just inappropriate behavior and what was what had been accepted when it shouldn't have been. I feel like they did a good job of it because it made me feel uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Uh, agreed. So you know, I I thought it was really interesting the way that they portrayed that. But yeah, I'm I liking the show. I actually the one criticism I have is a criticism that Jason had, and I didn't agree with him, but now I do. There is an issue i think with like reese witherspoon's character reese witherspoon's character was clearly written for like a much younger woman yeah and i think it it becomes strange in places like but she does a great job in the role but there are some parts of it that are like they kind of don't make sense to me yeah um because it feels like that she would think about things maybe a little bit differently i don't know People are different and that you can say, yeah, okay. But like, I feel like when it was written, I think they had a younger person in mind, maybe. I don't know, but it does feel like that sometimes. But I do really enjoy Reese Witherspoon in the role, but I think some things should have been adapted for her a little bit differently than they were. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Because it's like the typical, like, way you think about a job like that is like the young up-and-comer. They're the same age. Yeah, exactly right. Right, so it kind of, it kind of makes things a bit broken they, they don't really i think focus enough on the fact that she's not an up like a young up-and-comer like she's just someone who's like fumbled her way through they like touch on it very lightly because she's like incredibly good at her job like immediately yeah right? agreed so i don't know but i do really like it they are my recommendations the crown watchman for all mankind I mean, they are seven years apart in real life. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is 43 and Jennifer Aniston somehow is 50. I don't even understand how that's possible. I don't think that they say that Alex is that old. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. No, I'm not arguing with you. I think they're both positioned to be in their 40s in the show. Mm -hmm. So. Yep. I completely agree. But yes, uh, coming back around, uh, I definitely love For All Mankind. Uh, I've. I would say I enjoyed it more in general, except this last episode of, and we're out of spoilers now, the last episode of a morning show I did really enjoy. Um, so now I think they're kind of neck and neck for me, but I have not seen the last one or two for all mankind. So I, I definitely have to go and, and watch Buckle those. Mm-hmm. For those. All right. For me, um, Disney plus we, I think I might've talked about this last episode, but just in case we got a new TV where it included Disney plus, uh, Disney plus is very good. It has a lot of great stuff on it. Uh, particularly the Imagineering documentary series is very good. Um, just yeah. rub it all in, go on. Oh, <laughs> March. March. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's so good, though. It's so good. I'm telling you. Anyway, you'll you'll love it, uh, especially if you you Mike and you 
person listening enjoy Disney parks. The Imagineering stuff is so good. But it's also nice just to have all of these incredible movies at your disposal in 4K and Dolby Vision and so on and so forth. And the other quick thing I wanted to bring up as something I recommend, I recommend sending and if possible receiving holiday cards. I think that's nice. Uh, it's a kind of barbaric thing to do in the age of Facebook and the internet. But I don't know, there's something really nice about taking the time to send cards to people you care about, especially those that, I don't know, maybe live far away. Like, I don't know, maybe across an ocean, just saying, just saying. And so there's uh, there's something nice to spending the time to reflect on your friends and family. And, and even though, even if you just do what we do and throw a completely unpersonalized generic card in the mail, you know, that doesn't say anything on the card itself about, you know, Mike and Adina or anyone else. It's just a card in an envelope. I still think it's nice. And I'd still think it's nice to receive them and know that for at least a fleeting moment, somebody else was thinking about me and my family for a few minutes. I think, I just think that's a lovely tradition. It is a tradition we started in our family last year. Mm -hmm. um, we were able to chicken out of it last year by just using a picture from our wedding. <laughs> right? It was just like we didn't have to think about like creating the card as such. It was just like, here's a, here's a wedding photo. This year, we have sent cards to some people, and it includes an original uh, composition, which Adina worked very, very hard on. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, that's the thing we did. We also... So I thought we'd do that, but then I also wanted to create like uh, a holiday card for the internet mm, mm -hmm. in general and we did that with our cortex ugly sweaters <laughs> did you see that on instagram i did and it is very good so i just thought that was like a nice little thing the, the, the creation of those types of images is very tricky do you do that do you take like specific holiday photos we have done both approaches in the past where there have been times that i've taken the family and like my dad somewhere or mom and dad really uh and had given the camera to my dad and said take a picture of us please and we're all dressed up and we're posed and so on and so forth there have been times that um friend of the show Steve stay uh his wife is a professional photographer and there have been times that we have asked her to take pictures of us uh we did that for example for the card when aaron was about to pop with michaela um and then the last year, maybe two, I don't recall, uh, we, what we ended up doing was just throughout the course of the year using um, the Do app, D-U-E app, uh, which you have turned me on to and I've become a just full-on convert, just ridiculously so. Well, anyways, um, in Do, I have quarterly reminders for me to go spelunking through the pictures we've taken that quarter and call out the ones that I think are potential for the Christmas card. Mm. So by the end of the year, I may have multiple hundred pictures saved aside for the Christmas card. And obviously the Christmas card is like between three and five pictures. But the key is I have saved out potentially several hundred out of several thousand that I've taken throughout the year. And so this year's card, which I would assume you have not received yet, Mike, it is in the mail, but it takes a while to get over there. Um, this year's card, I think there's five pictures uh, and every single one of them were just pictures taken throughout the year by, you know, Aaron or myself or so, or whatever the case may be. Um, nice. and that worked out, that worked out pretty well. Maybe next year we'll end up going back to, uh, Steve's wife, Kristen. Maybe we'll, you know, ask my dad to do something. Uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't issue any of these people because they did bad work. It's just, you know, for whatever reason we decided this year to just go, you know, looking through the repository we have. 
But yeah, especially if you have a family with children and if you're like me and take a billion pictures throughout the year, I cannot recommend enough like monthly or quarterly or something like that. Spend some time and go through those pictures and make copies somewhere else of the ones you think are good or tag them or what have you. Uh, it really saves a lot of time at the end of the year. It's a top tip. That's a great tip. Casey tip. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Pingdom. The holiday shopping season is upon us. Still going. Just, you know, we have oh, yeah. a big hop, we have a big shopping season on Boxing Day, right? The day after Christmas. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yes, it's important. When you're shopping online, there's nothing worse than a car failure or the website to suddenly be unavailable. You know who's worse that's for? People that run those websites. Mm-hmm. And you need Pingdom. Because Pingdom will let you know the moment there is a problem with your website in whatever way is best for you. You can use transaction monitoring to get alerted when you have car checkout form or login page failures before they affect your customers or your business. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the severity of the outage. Just go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM and you'll get a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code analog at checkout to get a fantastic 30% of your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. Alrighty, Mike. What's your holiday plans? Oh yes, yes. We're gonna go back to Romania this year. Now, long-time listeners of Good Memories may remember that we went to Romania two years ago for Christmas. Was this the trip to Romania? That was the first one. No, I'm we saying the Bucharest. one, the one where you basically died. The one where I missed all of Christmas because I had some kind of bacterial infection or some parasite or something. Mm-hmm. I got very sick mm. and was sick for many weeks. Uh, something terrible happened. So that was the first time. <laughs> so I have not yet had uh, a true Romanian Christmas because I missed it all. Uh, everybody else had it. I was in a hotel room on my own for most of the time. So we're going back. We're not going to Bucharest this time. We're going to Adina's hometown, a little town called Bontashine. And we'll be spending our time there instead. And we're going to give it another go. We're going to give it another go around. And uh, hopefully it will be better for everybody. I hope so. I genuinely do. Because I think I spoke to you via like iMessage or something when you were there a couple of years ago. And I cannot recall a time that you have been quite as miserable as you were during that trip, which made me so sad. It was sad stuff. Like it was just like, because I'll be honest, right? Like I didn't want to do it that year. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, it was like the first year that I had ever spent Christmas away from my family and I was very hesitant of it. Um, and so I, I went into it with the wrong attitude anyway. Um, and it got way worse after I got sick. But this year I'm going into it positive attitude, big positive mental energy going into the trip. <laughs> I'm excited about it. There's things like I'm going to be, I'm going to dress up as Santa for the first time. Oh, I'm goodness. so excited about. I jumped at that chance um, because we have uh, two nieces, one of the age where she will recognize what is going on and will be expecting a Santa anyway. Mm-hmm. So I am going to be non-Romanian speaking Santa uh, coming in, <laughs> giving out the gifts and having a friendly elf, I suppose, to help translate for me. Um, so yeah, I'm really, really, really excited about that. Oh, um, that's awesome. I, it was like merely mentioned as a possibility that someone might want to do it. And then I demanded that I present it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to that a lot. And we're doing uh we're doing like a Christmas here a couple of days before. Like we're not gonna take all our gifts for me and they don't take any gifts for each other away with us. So we're gonna have our own little uh, London based Christmas beforehand. Oh 
How are you going to do the Santa costume? Is that provided to you, or do you need to procure that? It has been uh, provided, collected, like it's it's been sourced. Excellent. You ever done that? No. I was thinking, actually, just the other day, um, Declan had explained to us that when the reindeer land on our roof, that he hears a single click, and that's how he knows that they're here. And I was thinking about, like, should I get some like jingly bells, you know, the like the, the those bells that you only really hear at Christmas? And should I like go up in the attic, which is, you know, right above his room? And should I just like jingle them a little bit? But then I don't want to take it to the point that he's like running out of bed looking for Santa. You know what I mean? Uh, so I mean, also, you, you never really know what's going to scare the kid. Also true. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that might be too much. Yeah, exactly. You know? Right. Uh, so I don't know what we're going to do, but uh, I vividly remember. Um, so my dad was not the most enthusiastic Christmas person in the world uh i think in part because he was raised, raised jewish but also because i think he stressed out about uh, in part in part um but i think also because he, he was stressed out be- about you know buying all the gifts and, and or really funding all the gifts because i think mom did a lot of the work in the actual uh sourcing of them all but anyways one of my favorite memories of uh, as a kid was one year i thought it was my dad i believe it was my dad dressed up as santa and was like on the driveway or something, or maybe on the roof line that I could see from my window in my bedroom as a kid. And for probably five years, I, I was convinced that I had seen Santa and thought that I was the coolest kid. Cause I not, you know, everyone says, Oh yeah, Santa came to my house, but I freaking saw him, man. I saw him. he was out there in my own eyes. Mm-hmm. It was seriously one of my favorite memories of uh, childhood. And so I don't think I'm doing that this year by any means, but I think sooner rather than later, uh, I'm probably going to have to find myself a Santa costume or do something to indicate to him, you know, that that Santa came to visit uh, other than the obvious. And it was also funny, if you'll permit me a small tangent, we watched Elf with Declan for the very first time uh, just a few days ago, actually. And after we had already committed to starting watching it, it occurred to Aaron and me that there's a lot of talk about whether or not Santa's real in that movie. <laughs> and so we were a little stressed, stressed out for uh, bits and pieces of it, but I think it landed okay. And he enjoyed it uh, as much as a five-year-old can, a movie that's probably more for adults anyway. But uh, it was it was fun to watch it. Yeah, I think you can kind of get away with it, like just from the jingle, you know, like it's like all jingly and jangly and fun, mm-hmm. but like it doesn't, it's not a kid's... I mean, it's, a, it's like one of those kids' movies that's like, it is a kid movie, but it's not actually a movie for kids. Right, right, right. Right? Yep. Uh, but Which it's a good one. a super weird thing that, that these types of movies can be like. Yep, I, lo- I love that one, though. I, uh, just uh, the other day, Stephen Hackett, uh, whom I used to love dearly, but now uh, have banished from my world, said that he does not like Alf, and uh, I cannot speak with him anymore. That's how it works. Yeah, I find that... It's like one of those things is that it's a very strong view to take on <laughs> in public, right? Like, I mean, it's almost I like know. a Casey-like view to have. And, you know, it's funny you say that. I don't think I'm. Th- am I really that opinionated? I mean, about some stuff. It's not that you are opinionated. It's that the the okay. Look, you know, you know that I care about you more. Oh, than here most it people. comes. Here you it know comes. <laughs> it just sometimes, lots of the things that you have opinions about are in direct conflict to the typically well-held oh, oh. opinion. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I can get on board with that. Right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm saying. It's okay, like, okay. You're like, this is the best thing. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's the worst thing. I can get on board with this. Okay. That's all I meant. So that is like a Casey-like view, right? Because yeah. Stephen then also followed it up by saying that he wasn't a fan of the Princess Bride either. 
I think he was just really going for it that day. Yeah, he was just really want. Some men just want to see the world burn. Sure do. Uh, all right. Uh, for me, uh, as I've said many, many, many times on the show, we alternate holidays. So it was Aaron's family for Thanksgiving. It is my family for Christmas. Uh, the advantage of my of our families now living within an hour of each other is that usually, especially for Christmas, we can at least squeeze in a little bit of both. And I think that's what's going to happen this year. Uh, my mm-hmm. family gets dibs, but you know, Aaron's family will happily take <laughs> our leftovers, so to speak. Um, and and they're very good about it. And and you know, my family's very good about it when the roles are reversed. So anyway. Uh, we are going to my parents uh, a day or two before Christmas. We're going to stay overnight, do Christmas Eve there. Uh, when I grew up, uh, my mom's side of the family is all Catholic. And so uh, I don't know if this is a general Catholic thing or just my mom's family, but Christmas Eve was the big production and Christmas Day was comparatively um, tame, not lame, but tame. Uh, and so we will be at my mom and dad's for Christmas Eve and then we will come back that night and be at home for Santa. Uh, the couple of years ago when we were at my parents, we were at their house for Santa. And Aaron, rightfully so, said, I don't think I want to be anywhere else but our house for Santa for, for from, from here on out. And I think that that was a good call. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'm a little bummed. Um, well, I'm happy bummed, if that makes sense, because both of my little brothers were theoretically supposed to come in this year. Uh, they both live in California, in Southern California. But my middle brother... Uh, who is actually your age, Mike, they just had their second kid uh, a little over a month ago, I believe, which is excellent. But that Congratulations. Means, well, thank you. Them. But that also means they can't travel, which is less ex- excellent. So uh, we're not going to be seeing any of them um, for Christmas this year, which bums me out. And that, like, I do very much enjoy going to my parents for a holiday, but it's it's a little unremarkable when it's just my parents and my family. You know what I mean? Because that happens... Anyway, you know, it's not like mm-hmm. a big to do as, as much when it's just us. And mm-hmm. that always makes me a little bit sad. I miss, you know, seeing the the broader family. And there was brief talk of my, uh, no, my uncle, Declan's great uncle, my uncle, um, coming up from North Carolina, but that isn't going to work out. And my grandparents, Declan's great grandparents were briefly kicking around the idea of coming down from Pennsylvania, but they're, they're, you know, fairly old now and they would drive it and that's not a fun drive to make when there's snow out and so on and so forth. So it turns out it's just my family and, uh, and my parents, which again, I like, I, well, I love, but I don't know. I, I miss having the big, the big production when we were all cl- more close geographically and didn't have to transport children around the country. Yeah, I know what you mean. So, yeah, but yeah, this is part of moving on. It's part of life. Yep. That's all right. Yep. You doing anything uh, different tradition wise this year? Probably, because well, we're not doing any of the usual traditions, so <laughs> we're, make, we're trying to make some up as we go. I think mm-hmm. so, but that's kind of like a thing that we're focusing on, like making new traditions anyway. So, sure. well, I guess we'll we'll find some things. Um, we've made eggnog for the second year in a row. Ah, went down well. Yeah, made it a couple of times. We make it again this weekend. It's a great recipe from Benjamin Babish. Um, ah, okay. So we make it from scratch. Uh, and it's it's great. I like I enjoy it a lot. So it's like you know, which we're, we're trying to find our things. That's excellent. Yeah, I don't know offhand of any new traditions from this year. Um, I think it's probably going to be a pretty run of the mill Christmas. But you know what? That's not a bad thing. I, I enjoy that. Now, London almost never has snowy Christmases. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, it's the same thing here in uh, Richmond, it, Northern Virginia. So a couple hours north of us, where like underscore is, it is not 
normal to have a white Christmas, but it is it is at least in the realm of reason as far as I know, but they get considerably more snowy pre- precipitation than we do. And so it is extremely unusual for us to have a white Christmas, which is funny because, you know, having grown up in, in the Northeast where it's snowy from basically September through June, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's, it's unusual for me to this day to have a not white Christmas, but you can't win them all. It could possibly, like potentially, maybe uh, snow in Romania, but it's unlikely. Oh, that's I'm sorry. You just told me about how you're going to be in Romania. I didn't even think about that. Is mm-hmm. is Adina's hometown, te- does it tend to be snowy in a general sense or not that much? It can be. Fair enough. But it's, 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 it's a bit hit or miss, but it's possible. Oh, that'd be lovely. Yeah, see, Richmond, we get snow a couple times a year, but typically only in the new year. So like February, March-ish. Uh, which is very much the diff- uh, the opposite of what would happen in Connecticut, where all kidding aside, we would it would not be unusual to get some snow in November and December, and then you know it may or may not continue in the new year, from the best I can recall. Uh, but here, it's almost always the new year that we get any snow. All right, what else is awesome these days, Mike? My friends over at Linode, they're wonderful. Love Linode. Mm-hmm. Linode help you instantly deploy deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud in minutes. It's so fast. It's so simple. In fact, seconds you can have everything set up if you're quick and speedy with your own choice of Linux distro resources and Node location. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers looked after, serviced, and supported by their 24-7 support team. If you run into any problems, you can just drop them an email, give them a call, or chat over IRC in the Linode community. Whatever suits you. They also have some really wonderful guides as well and support documentation, so if you just need to look up something quickly, you can. They have two-factor authentication to keep you and all your data safe, and they have incredibly powerful hardware with data centers spread across the globe, meaning you'll be able to serve your customers even faster than before. Linode are the best place to go if you are looking to get a virtual server up and running, and they have great pricing options available. The plans start with uh, $5 a month, and you get a gigabyte of RAM. They also offer high memory plans to start with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And Linode have a special offer for you. As a listener of this show, go to linode.com analog and use the promo code analog2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Give Linode a try today at linode.com analog and promo code analog2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and FM. Some Relayer Fuels? Yes, let's do that. All right. Sebastian asks, I will soon be spending a couple of days in London in early February. <laughs> you know, when I started reading this, I saw I will soon be spending and I was like, oh, when was this sent in? But no, it's okay. I'm on top of this stuff. <laughs> you know, you don't worry about me. I, at least one of us is nice and prepared. Every oh, week we sit down is. doing all there this stuff. I, I you were the, the one who said it earlier. You said you weren't prepared. You said is, you came to the show yeah. a couple of minutes before. Although in honesty, you did actually put a lot of stuff in the document <laughs> this week. You, you, you give yourself short shrift. I quit the show. You're all fired and I quit. Uh, Sebastian, oh, see, right? Casey ended it. <laughs> Sebastian writes, I will soon be spending a couple days in London in early February with my boyfriend and I wanted to know if there's anything we shouldn't miss when we're when we're there, Mike. Is there anything you would recommend personally? I actually have one thing to add to this list, but I would like you to go through it first, please. So one thing I'm going to put in the show notes is a list to some of my favorite restaurants and coffee bars and bars and stuff in London. It's not an exhaustive list. It's not the best list, but it's a list that I've maintained over time. I have some like some tried and true places, some fancy places. Uh, that, so I put that in the show notes, the four squared list. Four squares great in London, though. 
If you're looking for food recommendations and stuff like that, use use Foursquare. Or you could even use Google Maps. Google Maps has good rating systems for stuff in, in London, but we're big fans of Foursquare. So places you should go to. Go to the South Bank. There's a bunch of stuff on the South Bank that you're going to want to see. Uh, the Tate Modern is there, just my favorite uh, gallery in London. Uh, you have some of the best views of the city. So if you're on the bridges over on the South Bank, um, then you get to do one of my favorite things, which is you can stand on some of the bridges that are in that area, and you can look on one side and see the incredibly modern version of London, including the Shard, the tallest building in Europe. And you can look on the other side, and you get to see St. Paul's Cathedral. Um, there is nowhere in the world, in my opinion, uh, actually, I think it's fact, there is nowhere in the world that you will see this variance in architecture of the most modern and some of the most old. And I can go even further and say, like from some views, you will see the Tower of London, a literal castle, and then you will also <laughs> see some like financial buildings and incredibly fancy architecture. So also on the South Bank. South Bank Centre, which is a nice place. Uh, there's also the Globe. Shakespeare's Globe is there. So if you catch a show, it's a fun show to go to. If you can go to like Romeo and Juliet or whatever they've got on uh, Romeo and Juliet, we saw there was fantastic, but it's also a nice thing to see. Uh, it's such a really nice area to be at. Uh, the Millennium Wheel. No, oh, what is it not called now? The London Eye. Uh, London Eye is there. They've changed. The Millennium Wheels, I think, is in a different part of the country. But London Eye is there, which is pretty good. Um, you can also go see Parliament, uh, even though it's under construction at the moment. Big Ben is under construction. You won't see it. I'm sorry about that. I apologize on behalf of my country, but our Parliament building... <laughs> A parliament building, like the politics in this country, literally falling to pieces. Oh. Uh, that's as much as I'm going to say on that for today. Um, uh, why did I do that to myself? Uh, so the you know so parliament is being very metaphorical right now, so you won't be able to see it. Um, you should go and see the Tower of London. You should go see Buckingham Palace. Uh, you should go see Tower Bridge. Tower Bridge is the one you want to see. London Bridge is not the one you want to see. Um, there's like you know, we've got a lot of that kind of stuff that's fun go and try and see a West End show we have lots of options um, and so yeah we have a Hamilton you know if you want to go and see that Hamilton in London's really good I've seen it three times um, we have lots of great stuff so London is great okay see by the time this episode comes out mm-hmm. Brexit may have begun do you know this wait what, seriously yeah, this is really thing. This is really yes. happening now. It is, so, it is possible. Yes. Okay. So um, I don't know if you really want me to pull on this thread, but I understood that there was an election that went very much not the way that I would have wanted it to go if I were you, and probably not the way you wanted it to go, and and emphatically so, which I think surprised many people. So, so the the going plan is to actual Brexit. Hmm. And uh, but last I heard, there were like unsolvable things that needed to be solved. Then we'll put a link to well, Brexit. Well, there's a two-year period, I think. Uh, maybe it's not even that long. It might just be like a one-year period at this point. But there is a transition period where they will, in theory, should be able to resolve some things, but they definitely won't be able to. Um, but they are going to begin. Like the the Brexit process is going to begin. Aye. It's no, I mean, I, I it, the vote hasn't happened yet in Parliament for the bill, but like I cannot think of any way that it will not go through because the Conservative majority is so large. So cool. You know, when this originally happened, you know, what you know, in 2016, 2015, something like that, I remember thinking to myself, ha, oh, those silly Brits, they, they can't get anything right. And then Trump happened. And then I realized, oh, mm-hmm. we're so much worse. 
Uh, it's like you, your, your country and mine are now competing for the worst country. <laughs> I'm not sure who's winning. Good grief. Anyway, uh, I would like to add to, um, to your list, Mike, uh, something I did in London, not the last time I was there, and actually looking at London on Google Maps and kind of cruising around as you talk is making me very sad that it's been already a couple of years since I've been. But um, when we were there in 2010, I believe, we went to uh, what I call the Cabinet War Rooms. It might be Churchill's oh, War Oh, Churchill rooms. War Rooms. Um, oh, my God, so good. Very good. Uh, also, I love the Imperial War Museum. It's one of my favorite museums uh, in the country. The British Museum. It's got all the stuff that the British Empire stole, which is not <laughs> the greatest thing. Um, but it does mean that you will nowhere in the world, again, in my opinion, but I believe it to be true, uh, can see like such a breadth of things from like Tutankhamun mummies to the Elgin marbles from Greece. Wait, the Rosetta Stone is in the lobby. Yeah, that so, is nuts to me. Uh, it's absolutely it's, uh, such a flex. It such is, a flex. It is such a flex. It really is. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, it so, is. The, the British Museum is wonderful. We're actually planning to go to the British Museum sometime in the new year, just because I haven't been there in a long time. Well, let me just make a small recommendation. Do not go to the British Museum in the midst of a truly legendary British heat wave, which is what I did. And that was not as enjoyable. Don't go anywhere in a British heat wave. But Sebastian, you're coming in February. You're gonna yeah, be fine. I think it'll be all right. Uh, but the cabinet war rooms, just to uh, belabor that point, just a little bit more. Uh, my under- understanding and my experience of it was that it was like this bunker that um, the church, that Churchill and his uh, you know advisors and whatnot would go into uh, yep. when necessary. And it seemed as though, Turn and I believe wall. this to be true, after World War II ended, they basically locked the door and walked away. And pretty much. And now, of course, they've done what they needed to to like plexiglass off some stuff. But my understanding is a lot of the rooms and maps on the walls and whatnot are literally the way they were left in the 40s or what have you. And it is fascinating to see. And I and I strongly recommend it. Kingo asks the question, has the turning point happened? What turning point? And included a link to a clip from this show. <laughs> okay. Which was episode 162 back in August, uh-huh. where you said that sometime after Thanksgiving, you would know if vignette was a thing you were sticking with or not. And you called that the turning point. So ah, Thanksgiving has passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, from looking at the financials, it does not seem like it is worth me continuing to put very much time into vignette. And lately, I haven't been. And well, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. When you say that, I, I do you mean like the financials now? Correct. Because again, we had uh, we spoke about we touched on this in the show. Me and you had very very different views about the initial financial result of vignette. Uh, I thought it was much more positive than you did. Mm-hmm because you are refusing to track your time. Um, (laughs) But I would understand maybe now, and it's kind of, I think, something we all kind of assumed would happen, that it would significantly trail off, significantly. And then you would Mm -hmm. find out if you had any kind of like sustainable business going forward and you feel like you don't. I don't think so, no. There is, I am still debating trying to get... um, uh, LinkedIn support, but that is extremely involved. I think you need to push it through to that area before you make your final decision because right. it was something that was so heavily requested. I agree. That and maybe that's where you need to get to 
before you put it to bed, I think. I think you're probably right. Um, over the last couple of months, I've been distracted, and I would like to leave it at that for now. It's not a bad thing, just I've been distracted. And so I haven't been putting much time against Vignette, and I hope and plan to get back to doing that soon, and potentially at least making a good college try at getting LinkedIn support done. But LinkedIn support, unfortunately, is extremely, extremely involved. It's not undoable or you know what I mean it's not that it's, it's unconquerable it's just very involved and requires among other things like actually standing up servers for vignette and part of the reason I love vignette and working on vignette so much was because I didn't have to worry about managing servers if only I had a place I don't know where you could get a server very cheaply do you know anything like that Mike <laughs> I've heard of something yes I think Linode might be something I need to investigate. I'm but not anyway. going to do the ad again. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So anyway, the point is, uh, I think I need to do LinkedIn support uh, perhaps in the new year. But as it is today, if I had to make the decision today, the turning point has happened and I am not working on it anymore. Now, that's not my actual answer because like we just said, I think I need to put a little bit more into a couple of places. But for the most part, I think the lack of money is is speaking very loudly that it is probably not really worth my time. Hmm. Hmm. Andrew writes, Instagram keeps telling me that you, Mike, follow all the Bon Appetit chefs. Who is your favorite uh, uh, test kitchen chef and or sideshow? And have you made any of their recipes? And if so, which are your favorite? Okay, my favorites. I, I feel bad picking my favorites because I love them all. But my absolute favorites are Brad Claire, Chris and Delaney. Uh, so Brad Leone, uh, Half Sour, herself, Claire Saffitz, uh, Chris Morocco and... Is it Alex Delaney? But it's just Delaney. Uh, and I have made two recipes so far. Brad's sous vide steak recipe, because we've got a sous vide. Big fan. And we also, uh, with that one recipe, also made Chris's uh, roast potatoes, which were fantastic. So very happy with those. And we're going to be doing more of them because we love their stuff. But also the Bon Appetit YouTube channel is the very best thing. It was, as Kate points out in the chat room, it, the, and this is the reason that I'm assuming that this question came in uh, from Andrew was because I recommend my on last episode, I recommended the Bon Appetit uh, YouTube channel. Um, but, so this was like some following on uh, stuff from that. But it's so freaking good. So good. The best. Love it all. Been watching multiple, some videos multiple times. Uh, excellent. <laughs> all right. Um, writes, I'm at my desk looking at my box of field notes where I visualize submitting my questions. Well done. I know, right? The visualization well technique in full effect. Mm -hmm. Good work, Mernaz. Uh First off, do you both carry around paper notebooks during the day for random thoughts, or do you capture these digitally? I will let you start, Mike. Digital. Even Mr. Pen and Paper goes yeah, digitally. Yeah, because... Pen and paper doesn't, I, I don't want to trust pen and paper with stuff like that. Because like typically my random thoughts like are important things, they're ideas, things I need to act on. So I will put them into one of two places. They're either going to go into my Todoist, right? Into my to-do manager, or they're going to go into Apple Notes. Because mm -hmm. then they're available everywhere. It's all backed up, right? Like I feel like it's safer than putting in a notebook. Then I might not open the notebook again and I'll lose the notebook. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. Uh, for a couple of years, maybe even several years, I carried a field notes in my back left pocket. And I've always carried a pen with me. That's gone on since high school. But I used to also carry nerd. a field notes. Uh, it's super nerd. Uh, I used to carry a field notes with me. Um, 
And I did that for a couple of years, but I found myself using it very rarely, rarely enough that I didn't think it was really worth carrying it on my person. It's not part of my everyday carry, man. I've got too many guns and knives. And, no, not really. But um, That's anyway. going to be a good clip to, to use <laughs> in the future. Yay. Uh, but anyways. Uh, too I, many guns, Casey Liss. That's, yeah, that's, that's me. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I do have one in my laptop bag, a field notes in my laptop bag, which I do use from time to time. But um, I, I find that if I need to write something down, I'll typically just use the uh, Apple Notes app. And and I have used that as my like everything bucket. And that's been working pretty well. I used to maybe years ago use Evernote for that, but we all know what happened there, sad times. And so Apple Notes has really become that bucket for me. And there are times for sure that, especially when I'm like diagramming something and if it's doubly so if I don't have my iPad and Apple Pencil nearby, I'll, I'll do it on, a, on pen and paper. Uh, but I typically don't do that anymore. I'll typically put it somewhere digitally instead. Okay, everybody, have a happy holidays if you're celebrating. Uh, if you're struggling through the holidays, it's okay. Don't worry about it. We're here for you. Well, you know, like you're allowed to. You don't have to be happy. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to say that. I saw somebody say that recently and I thought it was like a really poignant thing. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's happy at the holidays, right? But if you're not, it doesn't mean anything wrong with you. Yeah. It just means that you've got something going on and we've all been there. Absolutely. Um, so have a happy holidays if you can. If you can't, don't worry about it. And thank you to everyone who listens to this show. Uh, it is preposterous to me that anyone wants to hear us two just talk to each other for an hour or two every other week or every month. But uh, it means show's the world not to ending. me. The show's not ending. Uh, it's going monthly. It means the world to me and to Mike that, that you guys tune in. And uh, doubly so for those of you who throw a little bit of your hard-earned money our way. That is extremely kind, and we really appreciate it. So thank you, everyone, uh, and we hope you have as great a holiday and new year as you possibly can. And here's hoping that 2020 looks better for, well, basically everyone. (laughs)